Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Oh, what's wrong with these guys? I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I'm from, like, I was a rancher as a kid. So when I see trucks that have, like, painted tonneau covers on the top, it's like, or when you see, like, guys who have dualies on the back of their truck, but it's, like, spectacularly clean. Like, why do you have the truck, man? Why don't you just oh, tell people God. you don't you were worried about your penis size? I like <laughs> I'm from the generation that you need to see like the Ford F one fifty or the Chevys with like the paint peeling. Yeah. And the tires are like seven six seven bush tires and you got that constant you know the mud spread that happens when you fall into the mud pit and you kick it out that little Oh fan? yeah, the big old rooster tails, yeah. Yeah. I like that stuff or where you like you get the rhino cover and then the diamond box plate in the back mm-hmm. or the roll cage on the top because I was from a logging town. People yeah. actually for work needed those in case a tree fell on their cab. Oh, no. <laughs> I loved all that stuff. And then when I see guys make it up, it's like, oh, I guess this is Barbie for dudes now. <laughs> yeah, that was a actually... big rant about tonneau covers. I never thought I was that passionate about those things. <laughs> no. What is up, everybody? My name is Kyle Matovic. I am the host of the In Liberty and Health podcast, where we talk all things liberty, health and wellness, and beyond. My hope is to encourage and spread the message of liberty and physical and mental well-being. I hope you enjoy all the topics we talk about with our guests. We're on all major streaming platforms, so please sit back, relax, and enjoy. Man, I'm doing as good as anyone can do getting buried by his 13-year-old son on leg day. <laughs> I'm not going to apologize for not being on this podcast because I got to go see Metallica, so... If that's a problem, kiss my ass. Oh, I am. All right, everybody. This is In Liberty and Health. And today I have a man who uh, apparently doesn't have a father, if you ask Matt Walsh, and doesn't pass the man test, if you ask Andrew Tate. I have Mr. Ryan Stone with me. How you doing, dude? (laughs) Well done. I walked right into that one, too. I'm like, let's see how this start goes. Nails it. Yeah, Maybe man, one thing worse than a white guy with a podcast. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I guess if uh, some of your guys don't know, that's an inside joke. Cause mm-hmm. like part of what I've been doing to build brands is I I'm really anti BS. And so these guys have always, you know, spouted BS and mm-hmm. we've had our occasional beefs and normally everybody's like, Oh, he roasted you. And I thought this would make a great advertisement for my podcast. <laughs> and so I just kind of, when they, when they like Tate had like 45 minutes where he was talking mad trash against me on rich cooper's podcast a buddy of mine i'm like this is a great advertisement and i just rolled with it <laughs> and they're kind of like running jokes right now <laughs> well yeah no no it's, it's pretty great because i listened to your streams i was listening to them pretty much uh all day today and a little bit um throughout the week and uh oh, wow. i love I, I love the air horns of matt walsh a man named ryan stone ryan <laughs> oh, yeah. stone <laughs> yeah the, I, I i used to do you remember mlg gaming videos did you ever watch those back in like oh, the 2000s yeah. I was like, I would love it if I took this super serious Matt Walsh, like, political thing and just totally play it off like it's Call of Duty. <laughs> that was the goal. <laughs> the only thing I was missing is that one gif of, like, Snoop Dogg mm-hmm. doing the little rolling animation. So, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be better next time, I promise. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, dude, I, I can't imagine. You, the, the next one has to probably be like Ben Shapiro. I think you could probably attain that. Um, I, You might have to tweet something out about a vasectomy or something that just gets all the people going in the right places. But yeah, I don't I, know how you get oh, that one. I know it's hard. It's getting harder now because everybody kind of realizes I'm making ads from it. But I mean, it's whatever. <laughs> right now, everybody's going to be talking about like the American election cycle. So mm-hmm. thankfully, everybody will just get out of the way and I can just go back to doing my thing, which is nice. Because I don't know about you. Like I'll... I don't like this clown stuff. Mm-hmm. I do a little bit because you have to, to get known. Yeah. But I'm like you, like there's a bunch of guys, like my big thing is relationship dynamics within the red pill. And so mm-hmm. there's a lot of guys with struggling marriages and relationships and there's real work to be done. And it's mostly behind the scenes, but I kind of miss when it wasn't having to argue about Lamborghinis or Bugattis or whatever the hell else. Or sleeping with 50 women and making a hundred thousand dollars a year. And Do you know the history of that? Uh, I I heard you on Roller Stream where supposedly it was it started with uh, who was it Roosh where it was yeah. supposed to be twelve guy or you twelve guys Jesus you sleep with <laughs> twelve women and then make like seventy five a year or something like that and then it just kept kind of you know, yeah every marketer theory. added twenty percent on the end of it and then at that point where now it's like fifteen hundred girls mm-hmm. or you're not a real man and I was just like <laughs> logistically that makes no sense there's not even fifteen hundred weekends in like your lifetime. So you're basically you turn it into a full time job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's it's not attainable for most. But um, one thing that I really admired about you was specifically on that stream where you kind of laid that out on Rolo on uh, Rolo's show recently was mm-hmm. that you said um anybody kind of looking into this debate, I don't want you to follow me and. I always find people who specifically have like channels and, you know, obviously we're seeking to like build something. Um, When people say like, I don't want you to follow me. I find that to be very, very interesting and appealing because it's like, you're, you're showing your integrity. Like you don't want dumb motherfuckers in your chat saying, you know, stupid shit. Like, you know, the the white claw power hour, essentially. Oh, I like it. It's (laughs) catching on. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, it's, uh, a lot of, like when I first started doing this, I used to work corporate before this. And when I got in, I'm like, all right, I see the grifting. Like, I guess there's a system to it. This book called launch. I can't remember the guy's name who wrote it, but everybody kept suggesting it. Mike Cernovich said, this is how I got started. And I'm like, all right, fine. <laughs> and I look into it and it's essentially just about funnels. You have your mm-hmm. top funnel, minimum funnel, bottom funnel. doesn't matter what you're selling widgets, ketchup, you know, ass models of Instagram. Mm-hmm. And then the idea is you just cater your content to which part of it. And then the top is just. So they learn who you are. And that's where you see all this clown nonsense. And then mm. the middle is what you actually, like what makes you authoritative. And then the bottom is where you actually have something like a book or a course or whatever. And so I liked, I liked the idea. And I'm like, if these guys who are selling nothing but like vaporware can make mm. it work, why couldn't you make it work with something substantive? And so that's what I tried. And yeah, when it comes to the, the follow me on YouTube, that's my middle of the funnel. So I try to, I mean, you've heard the videos. I'm not just mm. sitting here dancing and, ranting about what i don't even know what people rant about anymore high value men i think is that the big <laughs> yeah. is there something new now that, as far as i know i think that's still a thing but i think people mostly move past like that vasectomies for at least the current week yeah but at the same time like rollo that's his top of the funnel so he's like he goes nuts and i'm like you know what let's have some fun with this so whatever <laughs> but yeah you're right i don't it would just ruin the experience for everybody else to get a bunch of guys a bunch of rabble rousers in there talking mm-hmm. about some clown show nonsense yeah. And... I wish I could say it was authenticity, but it's just like, I don't want a rebellion on my hands. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's admirable too. I mean, yeah. the, the thing that I kind of find irritating is that um, in my time kind of doing this, and I've only been doing this podcast, it'll be two years in October. Well, congrats. And thank you. Yeah. I haven't got any like substantial following or anything like that, but 
Um, I've noticed on Twitter, the more outrageous shit you say, the more likely it's like an idiot rod where just all the fucking idiots are going to come out and say stuff. But at the yeah. same time, you also get eyes on your stuff. So it's like, how retarded can you be to get eyes on you, but also kind of maintain integrity? And like, I, I just, I think I try to walk that line because like, when I try to put out informative content about nutrition, training, or <laughs> political stuff, it, it fucking goes nowhere. It gets like 10, 20 likes. Yeah. But then you say something that just brings out all the idiots. Oh, it's it's off to the fucking races. Yeah. I, I, I wish I could say there was a better way to do it. But I just remember, <laughs> so I used to be in the military. And I remember when I was sailing, 7 o'clock was cleaning station. I would scrub toilets. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I go do top secret, you know, military stuff. So I'm like, mm -hmm. all right, clearly every job has to scrub a toilet and this is yours <laughs> so uh, yeah i just try to as long as i don't take it too seriously mm -hmm. i don't forget like and i don't want to be one of those guys dude that's my biggest fear is that one day you're on a live stream on some random podcast you're like yeah we'll do it and then they're like look at this part here where he starts going off on the jq or you know <laughs> dropping n bombs i'm like i don't want ever want to have that moment yeah, I think I try to cover that usually because um, as I asked you before we got on air, I always ask if there's not, you know, if there's something that people don't want to talk about just because. Yeah. And I, I guess I should have brought that up. I just assumed that was a given. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're, we're not going to go there. But yeah, I mean, that's like a, yeah. another third rail. But, you know, like you see the stuff with the, I, I don't want to say the specific word because it's going to go up on YouTube and you know, but uh, a certain treatment over the last couple of years, people get so stupid with this. And this is a great way to get like your channel nuked, but it's also a great way to get eyes on you. So if you say, Hey, this treatment's population control, then like people are like, Oh my oh. God, look so based. <laughs> you know what I'm referring to? Yeah. Yeah. This is why the, dude, the part I love about this is that I'm starting to become a writer. Now I've finished two books. I'm starting a third. I'm loving euphemisms. It's so nice if you want to bring up controversial topics while mm -hmm. also not taking it seriously, but at the same time getting the point across. Yeah. So when you're talking about that, yeah, there's always like I never really talked about it much, even though it's pretty, pretty bannable with my opinions on it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, sometimes it's just, you know, the uh, what did they call it? The critical drinker. He calls it the the disease of unknown origin or something <laughs> like that. It's like really funny the way he puts it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, once people get good ones going, I kind of like it. Like the Austrian painter references or <laughs> that's my yeah. other one because yeah, dropping those H bombs is probably worse than anything. Does that really like kind of fuck with monetization and stuff like that? Yeah. Oh no uh, shit. It, it does two things. So I guess with the, the algorithm, what happens is I didn't know this until like a year or two ago, hmm. but there's a certain, I don't know what it's called, but I just call it an edginess score. So if you drop an <laughs> F bomb in the first 30 seconds, uh -huh. you get X and it's like so many points. And then once you cross a threshold, it'll demonetize you. Now, mm. obviously that just puts you in a different tier for advertisers. You make less money. For me, it's not a big concern on that. But the problem is if it gets to a certain threshold, they just take your live stream off. And if you're consistently known to get a higher score, that factors in, so it makes it higher. Mm -hmm. That's why you see guys like Tim Pool who are just terrified of even saying like, dang mm -hmm. on a thing. Cause he wants to make sure he's like as low on that score as possible. Cause he's terrified of getting on it. So I had a uh, friend, he hosts a Naturalist Capitalist podcast. He was on Tim Pool and yeah. someone called him Flannel Flamer. They sent in three, <laughs> they sent in $300 to tell Tim Pool to never have this guy on again and called him Flannel Flamer. And he That's wouldn't awesome. read, yeah, he wouldn't read Flannel Flamer on air because he was scared that it was going to like pull his channel or something like that. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, but I find it's interesting when you think it's all just crazy people yelling at the camera and you realize like it is. There is some method to it. Mm -hmm. I And I do enjoy the meta because it shows you that if you're competent, you can kind of navigate all this stupidity. 
and still do all right. Yeah. Like well, I'm you... same as you. I don't have a huge following. I have a decent enough following. It pays the mortgage just fine. I don't need, I'm not hurting for money. It'll drive people to the books. Mm-hmm. And so any growth at this point is just like fun. At this point, it's like talking to interesting people. Hence, hence being here, Kyle. Thank you for having me. <laughs> no, dude, of course. Um, you know, you're, kind of... you're clearly not struggling in your in your guitar budget. So <laughs> <laughs> now I haven't bought a new one in probably two or three years. But really, oh, I yeah, I, I only play the one to my left here, which is my Jericho. Um, that's one that I mostly use to like record stuff, and then my Wild Audio, which is right there with the um studded strap on it that's one i made yeah. use for like drop c recording stuff um you know it's funny though um i did not like you initially at all when i first heard you on rollo's channel years and years ago and then <laughs> over time i was like you know ride's actually fucking spot on like I, I i've come to really really admire you and the shit that you say because you're no bullshit approach and like there's nothing that drives me nuts more and, and it's funny you brought up tim pool I, I i sent a tweet today that got a lot of tracks and i, I want to read it off to you and you, you'll nice. understand it i th- i think you'll get it um but like I, I can't stand these motherfuckers who claim like oh i'm non-biased i'm you know i'm just giving i'm giving you the information but then tim pool will you know he gives you this information and tells you exactly how to feel about it. And just like that shit, I I can't stand that. Just tell me what it is and say, Hey, this is my opinion. I'm biased this way. Present the information in a reasonable way, but don't claim to be non-biased when like you take full blown concussions from Trump's penis. (laughs) (laughs) I like how you put that. No, dude, everybody does that. Uh, Rolo first got me on that when he was talking about Jesus smuggling, which Mm -hmm. is when a lot of guys try to, bring uh religion into sexual dynamics and i don't think it really fits that's more of a value thing as Mm. opposed to like a strategic or a tactical thing but i mean whatever i started noticing it when i watched the the black horse podcast which is the intellectual dark web guy what the heck was his name uh uh, right now uh brent uh, yeah one of the weinsteins weinstein yeah brett Brett weinstein that's a brett or eric and i saw him doing that where he's like you know this is a fact this is a fact this is a fact therefore and then he would just tell people his values and what to think about it and i was like that's some evil propaganda right there. <laughs> You're literally wearing science as a skin suit and doing it. And then I started seeing everybody was doing it. Mm-hmm. And I can't believe how many people are just sitting here like ranting. Remember 1984? Like, did you ever watch the movie version of it? Mm, I'll have to though. Okay. Well, there was like, there was always that propaganda sitting on the TV screen, just staring at the audience, yelling mm. about the evils of this, that. And I'm like, this is 1984. Like Tycho, my first propaganda. Mm-hmm. Tycho and Tonka trucks and Candace Owens and that ranting out this, it drove me nuts because I realized, dude, you get somebody and that's all they see is people mm-hmm. telling them what to think and how strongly to think about it. Like, I think that affects people. I really do. And mm-hmm. I have a feeling it's not helping at all. No, I really don't think so either. So the tweet I sent out, and I have another one that I think you'll like as well. Let me make sure I get this right. Okay. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I, I took Can a I just before you go. I love it because you're like, I got to show you this tweet. And then I see that, that smile curl up and I'm like, oh, this is that's when you know it's good. It makes you laugh just thinking about it. <laughs> well, but because like this was this was kind of one of those tweets that I knew w- people were just going to freak out. So I said boomer porn. And I took a picture. You know what? I'll do a screen share just so you can. Uh, nice. Nice. Yeah. Just so, so we have the full context here. Share screen. Let me check out one. Okay. I can't believe I'm excited to see something about Tim Pool. Yeah, but like, like just okay. So boomer porn topics covered, and it's a picture of Dan Bongino and Tim Cast for those listening. Uh, boomer porn topics covered. Who's, ta- who's Dan Bongino? Oh, he's a, a news reporter here, like your standard boomer con uh, Republican uh, fucking news reporter here in the states. Um, Jesus. 
Yeah, so I said the CCP's social credit system, how Trump had nothing to do with Epstein, Beijing, Biden, Biden, inflation, globalist agenda. They're coming for your guns and how we have to take down the CCP. And like everybody's <laughs> like, I listened to that and there was none of that in there. I'm like, you missed the point. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that actually is pretty good. That would seem like every episode. Like how often does yeah. he call for revolution? Uh, or like civil every war. third episode or something? <laughs> every episode civil war. And like, it's funny because he even started to kind of call it out. Now the other one, let me make sure. It's become okay. a meme. <laughs> oh yeah, but um, get ready for nonstop platitudes about the left being hypocrites. Men should man up, and how if we could just vote harder, we'd be back to the good old days. And yeah. that's his Daily Wire to stream all shows on Twitter, largest free speech platform in the world. And it's a picture of Ben Shapiro, Candace Owens, and Matt Walsh. So Dude, uh, I don't want to. I don't want to sound insensitive, but mm -hmm. is that the photo of her? They. Do you ever see like uh the signs and symptoms of fetal alcohol syndrome? Like I'm not trying to be mean <laughs> or racist here. But that photo, it's like somebody photoshopped the eyes apart. And I'm like, I know she's pretty. Mm -hmm. They could have used something way better than that. But it was like Matt Walsh refused to be upstaged or something. <laughs> Nobody outdoes the beard, sir. Nobody. Do you know who I am? Yeah, it feels like you're being talked to by like your principal whenever he talks. <laughs> oh, they totally are. It's the weird scolding part. It's it's I don't get what the point is other than mm -hmm. to like Back in the 70s and 80s, those guys who used to just yell at their sports team on the TV while drinking Pabst or Pilsner here in Canada. <laughs> it just seems like there's a new, older, millennial, Gen X version of that. And that's what these mm -hmm. guys are filling as a niche. Mm -hmm. I just find it distasteful because they yeah. ignore. Like, how often do I have to hear about the the 0.3% of the population, you know, that wants <laughs> to that wants to go to the bathroom? Like, I really don't care about that. <laughs> Nobody cares. Like... You'll never meet it. You'll never see it happening. There's people that have real issues and they don't talk about any of it because they're busy trying to rile you up over something of no consequence. Yeah, I mean, that's essentially what a, like a lot of the political conversation is. And the term that you and I've heard a few other people use is like kayfabe. And I didn't and I actually had to Google that because I didn't know what it was. But like so much of this political stuff is just like this fucking arm wrestling back and forth. And yeah. like it, there's... I highly doubt there's that many people taking their kids to fucking trans drag shows. And like, it, it is bad. Like you shouldn't take your kids to that shit, but like, really, I don't think this is like, you're going to wake up and there's going to be a drag queen under your bed or something like that. Like they're playing it out to be. Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, I, I may get corrected and mm -hmm. I probably will, but I doubt it. I bet you anything. There is not a single parent whose kid is going to this when they don't want it. I mm -hmm. guarantee you. I mentioned this during the old, uh, Mr. Whatever his face didn't kill himself thing. Where I'm like, every example of like grooming and trafficking has mm -hmm. always been with parental consent. Mm -hmm. All those girls in Epstein's Island had a, had a consent form from the parents. So don't tell me this whole that there's like this evil thing. Like, no, it's really crappy parenting. Mm -hmm. And that's and those people have always kind of existed. It's just now with the internet, there's what a thousand out of eight billion people. There's like a thousand, ten thousand really horrific, horrible people. And now they get all the coverage. So we have this warped view of the world. And, and that's everything. Even sexual. That's I first started sexual dynamics. Mm -hmm. Everybody talking about how their relationships are this and that. And I'm like, none of what I hear on any relationship, man or woman, has reflected anything I've seen with me or anybody I've worked with in that. And with the military, mm -hmm. like there was 250 of us on our ship. And we're very, you know, you're very close for long periods of time. You get to be fairly intimate. You understand mm -hmm. Like whose wife is this, whose husband's this, you're the guy's wives back home or at the MFRC. So they found out about all that gossip. You basically get a nonstop telenovela on board with a beer fridge. 
which is probably the best part about Canadians versus Americans when it comes to sailors. <laughs> we have like a, a beer fridge that's always open. Mm -hmm. It's not even that you want to get drunk. You just like knowing it's there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I realized, and this is kind of one of those red pilling moments where I realized that whatever the mainstream or even alternative narrative is, it has nothing to do with people's lives. And the more I listened to it, the more it was detached. Mm -hmm. So clearly like there's a need for people to just give no BS. And that's why, that's why I, I love how funnily can I call out BS? Cause it's just mm -hmm. ridiculous and it's not helpful. And all they want to do is get money by shaking their ass, like an Instagram ass model. Yeah. Well, well, and you and Rolo always call out kind of the <clears throat> socially conservative, the trad cons or whatever the fuck we're going to call them. Um, yeah. They literally do the same stuff, but it's just kind of from a different viewpoint. And, yeah. you know, I talk a, a decent bit about like politics and geopolitics on here, but, um, you know, Ooh. like there's so many people that just default one way or the other. And I feel like a lot of people don't really look at the news and what we're hearing from like a current day perspective, they still assume that like MSNBC, CNN, Fox news or whatever is like the mainstream. It's like, that's not real. That most of that shit's dead. And like, no. even you'll hear like Jordan Peterson say that shit's dead, but then they'll still say, Oh, the mainstream news. Well, it's not really mainstream anymore. Like everybody, my age, I'm 28. And I, I think you're probably a little bit older than me. Well, you yeah. are a little bit older. Than me, but, uh, <laughs> like most people our age, we're not getting our news from them anymore. And I think no. people still kind of like an analyze their information through the lens, like the main, the legacy media is still the mainstream. And I think it, it just sets up this goofy narrative where people still want to be, act like they're oppressed, but it's like when you have 6 million <laughs> followers, you're not oppressed. <laughs> you see it then. Yeah, it's exactly yeah. it. It's this, like, oh, these guys are always acting like victims. Anyway, these are how these, Bud Light drinking cross dressers are coming for your guns and your kids. You're like, hold up, pause. Yeah. Did we not just talk about like what's that newest one where that uh the, the TikToker from Britain as a prank he just walks into people's homes and threatens people and stuff like that, stole a lady's dog. Oh, no, Have you seen this guy? No. He's <laughs> just some random, random kid in the UK who's causing trouble, right? Mm -hmm. And all the conservatives are like, Why is nobody coming to help us? I'm like, dude. If some dude just walks into your house and like starts talking to your wife and kid and she does and you don't know who they are, like, I don't know about you, but I'd be grabbing something to hit him across the head with it. Like, yeah, but you'll get arrested for that. It's like, well, you know, you're going to sit here and talk about you want a conservative thing to protect your home. I'd rather have to deal with the cops afterwards than pray this guy doesn't stab my family to death. What the hell is wrong with you? Yeah. I mean, that situation literally is like a shoot first, ask questions later. Yeah. yeah no, but instead I... they'd rather complain about how, Oh, this is horrible. Why isn't somebody coming to help? It's like, what else is more red pill than like, nobody's coming to save you. Everybody just wants you for their own purposes. And you know, you got to look out for your own best interest. Cause nobody else will. I think it's, I put it in my book. It's um, only you, will wipe your ass every day and not complain about it. So how about treat that guy with some respect? Because he kind of deserves it. <laughs> it's tongue-in-cheek, but it makes a good point. No, I think that's like a red pill uh, Jordan Petersonism, you know, where he says, uh, treat yourself like somebody you're responsible for helping. Now, I think that, that's a lot better of a way to kind of punch somebody. Stole that from us, it. I guarantee it. <laughs> Whisper was talking about that stuff in 2012. Peterson wasn't even, he wasn't even, I think he was still teaching back then. When did he first get his... Uh, fight with Canada, the government, Bill C, whatever. Uh, two, 2017, I think. Oh, yeah, he stole it from us. That son of a bitch. No, I'm yeah. joking. I gotta love, I miss old Peterson. I really do. When he was doing his clinical psychology thing. Yeah. Whatever the Daily Wire did, like some invasion of the body snatchers, like put his skin suit on somebody thing. Mm. I don't like this new one. I think like, they... I get it. Mm. He's done a lot of work and he dealt with a lot of grief. Yeah. So like, I'd be jaded and, and check out too. 
Mm. But at the same time, I just don't like to see it. Um, one of my friends, I forget what they called him. They called him like Zio Bienzadazapine or something like that. I, I think he was spending a little <laughs> bit of time around Netanyahu. And I know that's kind of erring towards the JQ stuff, but it's like, <laughs> man, it is kind of weird when he starts hanging out with Daily Wire and then you see him talking about how great, you know, that country over in the Middle East is and stuff. And not yeah. like I said, not that I buy wholesale into like the JQ stuff, but like, it's like, it's kind of strange. <laughs> it is. I, the whole thing is weird. It's mm. I get it. I get there's branding. But branding, I've always took it to be like a means to an end, not an end in mm -hmm. itself. And I think a lot of people do that now. They just want to be a big known brand, like your Pearlies mm -hmm. or your Fresh and Fits, the White Claw Power Hour. They don't really <laughs> care what they talk about. They'll just run their mouth on nothing. And they'll mm -hmm. make stuff up and they'll change it from week to week and just like hundreds of examples. Mm -hmm. And then you realize once they're big enough, they're like, hey, I can just shill, you know, Lord NordVPN, <laughs> Fresh and Fit, use that code or use G Fuel. Yeah. And the yeah. whole point of it, economically, the whole reason for that was when something becomes a commodity, you would use branding to give it more value. You know, right. like soya beans are a dollar a bushel, but edamame beans are 10 bucks a plate. Mm, right. Which, and it makes sense because like everything now with influencing is is commoditized. People opinion, opining on Twitter, dime a dozen. Right. And so that's the only way to separate it. I think the only problem with that is though, is it's like, it's a tool and way too many people are using it for evil. As opposed yeah. for anything productive. But I guess if everybody had talent, then talent wouldn't be important. So I don't know. Yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah. Well, I, I like the way that you phrase that too, is uh, everything's a tool because um, you see this going around. Everybody's, you know, everything's demons. Everybody that disagrees with me is a demon. <laughs> I, I, I cannot stand this shit. AI is demonic. It's like, it, you stupid motherfuckers. Listen, <laughs> I've been a mechanic for 10 years and like people are freaking about AI and autonomous vehicles. Um, I saw an autonomous Escalade at the last shop I worked at. There right. wasn't a single panel on this motherfucker that wasn't dinged up, scratched, or dented. Like, really? we're nowhere near... Oh, dude, they're terrible. So we're nowhere near maximum overdrive with the Green Goblin Semi yet, is what you're telling me. Well, I feel like the I've Green been Goblin lied to, semi. Yeah, yeah, you have been lied to. Trust me, they're they're nowhere near... I mean, they're, they're getting better, don't get me wrong, but, like, it, it's not coming anytime soon. And, you know, the, the AI... Can, the Terminator is still many, many years out. Don't worry. <laughs> I feel bad. Like that's Jeff Miller's crusade, Dr. Jeff Miller. And I get it. He's worried about the existential risks, but you're right. Like once you see it outside of the abstract, it's just like, really? Mm -hmm. Like I'll, 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 my fun joke with, with why I'm not scared of API, of a, uh, uh, AI is I went to chat GPT. Mm -hmm. I paid like, I'm like, I pay a hundred dollars, play around with this thing. I put two pages of my book in there and I'm like, let me see how it works. Can I get you to, to sum up this thing in like 10 points? And do some copy editing, you know, make it, punch it up. It gave me three terms of service violations to kick me out of the program. I was like, <laughs> AI, it's, yeah, it's, it will be fine. Mm. I didn't even give it anything bad. It was like a normal page about like working out or something too. Mm. So I was like, if it can't handle that, like there's no way it's taken over the nukes. <laughs> Well, and that's the other thing. And like, I, I would definitely describe myself politically and culturally more like right wing, but okay. I also call out like the bullshit, like the, the whole AI is demonic or chat GPT is too woke. It's like, come on, guys. Dude, that's not, rare. Yeah. That's that's actually part of the kayfabe is where people start affiliating too much with the tribal mm -hmm. and that they hand wave anything that their you know, tribe does uh, wrong. And then they look at the other guy and judge him by the different thing. Like it really is a because the original example from this was a writer. I'm stuttering today. Jesus. No, oh, you're good. Was a the guy was named Whisper. He's probably written a lot more than just about anybody in here, with the exception mm -hmm. of like Rolo. And by the time I get the third book done, hopefully me. Um, he was bringing up kayfabe, and his example was uh, the Navy SEALs, mm -hmm. essentially light infantry with a lot more with uh, some better training, 
and a lot better equipment. Mm -hmm. But they've they've kind of built this kayfabe around themselves where they're like warrior poets. You know, you can't drown them. They're indestructible and stuff like that. And he goes, that's kayfabe. Or when doctors, a doctor can attach, like take out, take off the wrong arm. Mm -hmm. And then all the doctors will band together and defend the uh, profession Mm -hmm. as opposed to computer programmers who are absolutely ruthless if they see any incompetence in their ranks. And that, that realistic ability to, to look at your own peer group Mm. is the only way to get out of the kayfabe and very few people do it mm. although the right i gotta admit I, can you expand a bit on that because i'm canadian mm. so when you say right and left i don't really know what those mean because in canada it's more regional like okay. liberals for us are east coast and mm. anything west of winnipeg tends to be conservative but mm. generally speaking the policies are similar so when you say right like, what does that mean so for me, I, it's almost more like an attitude where like I kind of recognize that I'm not necessarily the top dog in my shop, so to speak, right? So okay. like kind of r- more respect for hierarchies. And that's what I hear most people kind of define right wing as in like more traditional terms. Okay. Now when it comes to like cultural stuff, it's like, you know, hey, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, blue collar job, um, you know, believe in strong worth at work ethic and then more like traditional values and i know that's like a you know loaded term or a container word as you might say yeah but, but like but you I know, understand it it's been, yeah yeah the norman rockwell thing mm-hmm. yeah yeah so like i've been with my wife now for probably close to five years and you know we got married Congrats. back thank you yeah we got married back in november so it, it's just kind of like the social norms that i kind of live my life by would I would say most closely aligned with right wing values, but like if you compared like my beliefs on political stuff next to like Ron DeSantis, let's say we differ greatly on like foreign policy stuff, but like social issues would probably be more closely aligned. But as a libertarian, I wouldn't want to use the government to tell people to, you know, Hey, if you have a 17 year old in a bar, then we're going to come in and nuke your business or something like that. Oh, okay. I get that. It makes sense. That's definitely not what, like, when people say the right on TV, it's definitely not what they mean. So that's kind of nice to know. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for us, it's literally, uh, we prefer to have, <laughs> we prefer to have a milk cartel for our right wing and uh, a grain co-op. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. that's the big right wing talking points. <laughs> the left wing talking points are like high finance mm-hmm. and they want to shut down Alberta because for some reason, Alberta is like the whipping boy for the liberals here. That's about mm-hmm. as... That's about as political as it gets. It's very strange. Yeah, it I almost seems like they're not even terms. This is like Pepsi and Coke here. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean that—that's kind of what like I, not like you and Rolo's sphere of the red pill. And it's I, the only reason why I go back to you two alone is because I feel like you guys are like the best content creators in the, I hate to say the manosphere or like the red pill space because it's not like, yeah. It's not clearly defined anymore because now, like, you hear political people saying red pill is a container word where basically the only thing that they use the term red pill for is to pat themselves on the back about how much they know about a certain issue. And if you disagree with them, then, oh, you blue pill cuck. Oh, jeez. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty sad when I'm like, I'm like one of the better content creators. <laughs> I ain't that good. <laughs> I just sit and stare at a camera and make fart jokes, wear sunglasses and Hawaiian shirts. What do you? I'm basically Bill Murray in Meatballs. If you've ever, if you even know the reference, it's like a movie oh, that came sorry. out in '79 where he ran a summer camp. <laughs> it's like that's really it. You have like good lighting too, so I mean, I guess there's that. Yeah, fair. <laughs> better lit than Bill Murray. You can stamp that. <laughs> it, the whole thing kills me because I get it. It's attention wins, and it was a buzzword that caught on. 
it just annoys me because there really is a body of work. It is pretty good and it's been replicated a lot. And so it's, it's, I feel like one of those, like the, the last of the Mohicans, if you don't yeah. mind a native reference here, I don't really, <laughs> I'm hoping it's applicable and I don't get shouted down for it later. You know what I mean? We're like, nobody talks about some of the old stuff anymore. Like even the kayfabe thing, we were talking about that in 2014, like before Trump, even mm -hmm. we were talking about, uh, in 2008, there was this guy, Keone Galt, talked about uh, the, uh, the emasculation paradox, which is like, I find it fascinating. It was about, like, you know how you always see these horrible divorces where guys get just raked over the coals, they lose trouble with their kids, they become poor and destitute. Mm -hmm. Well, it turns out that's not all marriages. That's not even close to all of marriages, but every one of those is paraded around like a head on a spike. Right. And that causes guys to submit more to their wives. And because, you know, if I'm nicer to her and I don't make her angry, she won't try to do that to me. And then the paradox is that makes the wife respect her man less and more likely to do it. And so we're like, yeah, it's an emasculation paradox. So really the only way not to get raked into the coals like that is to stand up for yourself and almost like ignore it as a concern. And I thought it was like, like, and that's where it kind of got started. And I love this stuff. It's like C-SPAN lectures. They're boring and they're informative. It's like the kind of crowd of people who watches MIT, like, you know, MIT has all their, their courses online you can basically yeah. get an mit degree minus the sheepskin for free mm -hmm. i would love it if red pill was like that if there was nothing interesting about it nobody kickboxed nobody owned a bugatti nobody knew ben shapiro that'd be awesome but we don't get that we get this nonsense because everything is easier apparently than having sex with your wife which mm -hmm. news to me <laughs> i'm assuming news to you yeah oh dude yeah with the tattoo there's no way in hell you know don't add don't, don't want to know it's private. Forget it. But you get what I'm saying. Yeah. You're a uh, handsome man. <laughs> well, I'm glad you think so. Yeah. Uh, clearly, my wife does too. I mean, I was like, I think I was 70 pounds heavier when I first met her. The, really? the only regret, yeah, the only regret I have, and I, I, I don't know if I've told her this, but I definitely said this on air that like, man, I kind of wish I would have lost 70 pounds before I met her because like I was I was doing pretty good before that. But like now I'm like, holy fuck, I'm like way better oh. looking than I was back then. I would have fucking killed it. You're not the first man. You're not the first. <laughs> so many guys. Dude, like there's this other guy, me. She's called Chad of Arabia. You might see him on Twitter. Yeah, you look see, at him, you yeah. think he's just a shit poster. Mm -hmm. Literally the same thing. He lost a bunch of weight. Uh, got through like an acrimonious marriage and stuff like that. Like he's been through the ringer and he's come out the other side, a better person. And now he's just fed up with it. And that's why he's so acrimonious on Twitter. But it was the same thing. He's like, dude, had I known this five years before my life would have been completely different. It's, and there's like hundreds of examples like that, but just kind of laugh. You realize, well, it's never too late to start. I think the oldest guy I knew who had that was like 65. Wow. Yeah, he wanted to retire. His wife didn't. And then they had like a thing over that. And he worked it. And his other guy who was 64 at the same time where uh, his wife was basically spending all the money and alcohol problem. He had to get through that. Mm -hmm. Another guy, Frenchie, he was 62. His wife died and he had to get past that part of it. So it's like never too, never too late to start. And those mm -hmm. guys were all swimming in it at the end. I am stoked to tell you guys about the show's new sponsor. I am now working with MTS Nutrition, which is a brand that I've believed in for a very long time, and they run awesome cells and they have awesome products. So um, I want to tell you about their amazing protein powder, which you're going to ask me how many pounds I have of the protein powder, and the answer is all of them. So here I got red velvet cake, 25 grams of protein, and they have the amino acids and everything on there, 59 servings. Peanut butter fluff, uh, fluffernutter, 26 grams of protein, and then also the chocolate chip cookie, which literally has 
real piece of chocolate chip cookie in there. So 27 grams of protein, 180. As I've talked about on the show, getting your protein in is very, very important. So make sure you hit that link below and purchase your protein powder through MTS Nutrition. Boom! Having wow. so much fun with girls all over the place. 20 years younger. They're still 40, but I mean, does it matter if the girl's 40 when you're 65? Really? Yeah. Well, so. it's, you just don't want to take that to its logical conclusion because that can get pretty gross. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Half your age plus seven, I think, is the rule or whatever. Yeah. I keep hearing people throw that out there, but yeah, it, it makes sense. Um, the, the thing that sucks about like the fresh and fit in the whatever podcast kind of going mainstream <laughs> is the that... one thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it's kind of like 9-11 truth which to, to, no, hold your breath oh, but dude. like god sorry no i was that? just like i love the 9-11 truth stuff that was like that was my like you know everybody has their guilty pleasure that was mine steel like, beams melting the works <laughs> um I'm, i've actually had the um one of the world's leading 9-11 researchers on this podcast oh. adam fitzgerald he's done and it's not like the oh did a missile hit the pentagon and was it aliens oh, no so it's like not the zeitgeist guy <laughs> no no like he actually does like f you know the freedom of information acts and like oh he reads the 28 pages and like does the, the legitimate oh, wow. work oh yeah he's fucking super ridiculously well read all of the shit but like you have somebody like that who will put out all this information and do all this hard work. And then you have the people who say, well, a missile hit, hit the Pentagon or there's no planes. And that gets all the attention. And the people who do like the hard work, they, they just get like nothing. And same yeah. deal with Fresh and Fit. If we give these girls white claws and tell them, no, don't put your shoes on in here. Put them on out there. Or Is that what they get mad about? <laughs> no, but you, you know what I, you you get what I'm getting at. Like, just the oh. fucking clown shit gets all the eyes, yeah. and then you know if you want to give someone something that actually you know some steak instead of just sizzle, then like people just have no attention span for that most of the time. I mean, it it's it, you can't change it. So I always just say, don't have that covert contract where you're like, okay, if I present it just perfectly, then it'll fix everything. And for me, it's just like I know what I'm talking about, and I put it out there. Yeah. I, I used to do it like one-on-one -on -one, consults and stuff like that. And it was pretty lucrative guys would be paying up to like 500 an hour for it. But the problem oh, is wow. it's like you said, they'll hear the words. Thanks. That's just what I needed to hear. And then they don't do anything. Mm -hmm. And so that got frustrating. Eventually I'm like, money's not worth it. And so I just, I'll just do it here. I'll make a video on it. I can do it once it's there if you need it, but I don't mm -hmm. need anybody to use it or improve from it. Mm -hmm. Like I don't have that ego attachment to the work. I think that separation is the only thing you can do. I mean, like you, you're in a band. You might know this too. Like, do you probably at one point had a point where like it bothered you if people didn't like your music, and then you kind of got through that. I'm assuming. Um, we. And the now you're show like, we... if you like it or not, whatever. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty much there. Like we, um, that opening show for Steel Panther was probably like the biggest show that we did. But I, I can't really think of any time where people. I think there was a tweet once where somebody like screenshotted like the amount of monthly listeners or something we had on Spotify, and yeah. I'm like cool i don't care like people come to our shows we sell out shows so like i don't give a shit yeah well i mean the fact that you did that so early on is rare most people mm. get really attached like ego attached to the things yeah. especially if they're good at them and then mm. when people attack it they take it as an attack to their identity and that's a horrible thing again it's the same as everything if you make yourself into a good father as an identity you know mm. i'm the greatest dad i go to soccer practice like jack murphy and then his wife left him took the kids heartfelt yeah. Oh, this is before all of his clown show stuff. This was like a serious thing, too. That's the worst part. He turned into a clown. <laughs> so she basically ruined his whole identity. And that's when he mm. kind of started, oh, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to go, you know, pass my wife around on whatever. Boy, Big oh, boy. Bad beard though. 1000. Doesn't that suck? He got canceled. 
mm-hmm. for like the I passed my wife around on Tinder and now you got Sneeko and Destiny making it. And he's like, dudes, I walked so you can run. Give me just give me some credit here. Yeah, or oh, I I was listening to your stream that you did the other day. What was it? A uh, cock smurf on fentanyl or something like that? Yes, I hate that guy so much. I think he's brand poison, toxic. Mm-hmm. He's horrible. I don't even know him as a person. Just professionally, I have nothing but disdain for it. And I was trying to think of what's a good euphemism for that. And yeah, cock smurf and black Murphy. Those are my catchphrases for the two of them. Yeah, but they're it, ridiculous. Yeah, the I thing. mean, like Sneeko came in as kind of like a red pill guy, and I remember no, he didn't. No, you know what he came in as? He came okay, in as good. the guy who was trying to defend cuties. He thought, oh, "Well, it's not so no. bad. It's whatever." And then he started going off on that, and then everybody, obviously, like you said, they didn't pay attention to anybody talking sense. They talked to this guy. It's like, hey, the kitty stuff, whatever. <laughs> and then he came in because I don't know. There was the rumor that he was. um in love with the, t- I don't even know if that stuff's true or not. It doesn't really matter. But then he just kind of latched on to whatever was popular. Although I guess that was his newest thing was that he didn't want to talk with Rolo because he didn't want to be looked as stupid. But then his his audience wanted it. So now he went back to do it. Now they call him, what do they call him? Sneak off. <laughs> I don't know. The whole thing though, like I don't like it. I don't. And the worst part is I don't watch it. But mm. you'll know this because you're a brand now. Sorry. No, no, that's all right. But people will send you things. Hey, this is something totally relevant to you. And you're like, I don't want to watch the clown stuff. They're like, no, 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 no. You got to get this. And then you block the people that tell about it. And then they <laughs> screenshot the stuff and send it to you anyway. Yeah. So it's like, everybody is desperate to audience, like to bring you into the, like get into the clown car. There's room for one more. And you're sitting there. It's like, I just want to play my guitar. I want to mm-hmm. do my podcast. I don't want to rant about, <laughs> I don't want to rant about the chosen people. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Audience I mean, like- capture, man. I see the shit in the nutrition realm all the time. And like, I don't have, I've just read a bunch of studies and I, you know, did the carnivore diet and then got over that and realized that's fucking retarded. And like, now I have people arguing with me on Twitter and they'll say like, oh, carbohydrates are bad for you. I'm like, I I just have no time for this stupid bullshit. Like, (laughs) please get the fuck out of my face. Like, I'm not going to argue with you. And they'll say, oh, it takes 30 hours for your body to digest sugar. So I'm like, please, I cannot deal with this. I have, and then you say like, hey, look at my body work. They're like, oh, look at you flexing. You're, you know, oh, this is the next copy pasta. It's like, no, I, I just, I know <laughs> what I'm talking enough, about. Man. Oh, dude, it, you get it from every single fucking direction. If you're not like anchored on one side or the other, I can't fucking stand it. Yeah. That's another reason I make sure I try not to go off like things that I'm good at very often. And mm-hmm. if I do, I try to preface it with like, look, I'm not an expert, but which as soon as you hear the butt, you just know some nonsense is coming out. Sorry. <laughs> but it was, you got me thinking on this one, the nutrition one, it was nice. I had a guy on mine. His name was mm-hmm. Rodney. He's one of those guys that like, there's thousands of quiet guys that just red pill, do the thing, fix their yep. marriages, fix their life and move on. And then they reach out later. And it's crazy. The amount of like mm-hmm. celebrity that actually kind of gets value from this stuff, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. But they're like, yeah, I'm never going to associate. I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't either. This is a shithole. But the, the one thing he got me on, I was curious. If you heard about, um, there was this paper, Raymond Cronies, Oxidative Priority. Mm. I, I don't know. This? No, but go ahead. Dude, it was neat. It was somebody, it was a bunch of researchers who did a meta-analysis on a lot of the nutrition stuff and why mm-hmm. everything kind of works, but not everything, but everything is kind of contradictory too. And it was the idea that your body processes uh, lipids, carbohydrates, and uh, what's the third one? Oh, alcohol differently, mm-hmm. but it doesn't in a priority. So for example, it, it burns alcohol as heat and it does that first. And then mm-hmm. carbohydrates as, you know, blood sugar, 
right. and energy for glycogen for your muscles. And then after that, it's finally lipids where it burns fat. Mm-hmm. And it was the idea of why fasting works, um, why working out in a fasted state works. And it, I was just a really neat one. We did like a whole two hours on it. I put it in the book too. Mm-hmm. I was just curious if somebody else knew a lot on it because then I was going to start like picking your brain. But that's uh, fine. You know, like, so uh, as far as I understand with fasting stuff, um, like there's been a lot of research that came out recently that yeah. suggests that pretty much the, the overwhelming majority of fasting is basically just down to the fact that it imposes a caloric deficit. And like, uh, there was a yeah. lot of speculation initially where it was like, okay, well, are you going to lose muscle if you do excessive fasting? And it seems like if you do maybe like a 16, eight, as in like, you know, you only eat within an eight hour window, you're yeah. probably going to be okay. But when you start doing like multi-day fasts, then that's when you could start losing some lean mass and stuff like that. Cause you're not stimulating. But I've heard too, the, the, and the lean mass is mostly the, uh, I don't even know the terms of the stuff. You know, the, the glycogen, uh, it's like body water. Yeah. Glycogen, um, what water within the muscle intracellular stuff and like even organ size. So like, yeah, you will lose some of that, but, but it comes um, back pretty quick. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, now if you're going for like, oh, you know, long periods of time without eating, then probably not optimal. That's not even fasting. Yeah. They fasted in that awesome. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. An Austrian painter work camp. <laughs> There's a euphemism for you. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it was kind of saying the same thing, but it, it the only thing I found kind of interesting was that it suggested that fat makes you fatter, but car but carbs and alcohol delay your body's ability to burn fat until it's burned them off. Mm-hmm. And that was why fasting was was like a workable thing because then it while you're not eating carbs, your body can burn fat for energy. And then once you start eating carbs again, it has to burn off the carbs first. Yeah. I don't know. I found it interesting. I guess. Did you want to talk about nutrition or? Oh, no, no, dude. I don't pill? care. I, oh, okay. Good, good, good. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, so like from, there was a, a bunch of men analysis done, I think by a guy named Kevin Hall. And they oh. actually analyzed like ketogenic diets. So basically like, you know, your high fat, low carb diets versus like high carb, low fat diets. And generally people mostly fare the same. And I believe there, there was actually a slight benefit to a higher carbohydrate diet. And I, I don't think it was anything. Significant. Oh, I can see you getting a lot of hate for that one. Oh my God. Listen, everybody treats carbohydrates. Like it's a pink bud light. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. It, it's funny because like people argue with me about this shit. And it's like, dude, I did the fucking carnivore diet for like two years. I did like a five and a half day fast at one point and yeah. ran like 12 miles. Believe me. I believed all the fucking low carb dogma. I, I would watch Sean Baker every day. Michaela Peterson, you know, oh my God, her carnivore story, Jordan Peterson's carnivore carnivore story i was all into it and then i I finally realized oh well you know being good for a week or two on the carnivore diet and then like binging isn't good 
and that's what a lot of people do but they never they never My tell God. you that part <laughs> yeah oh they never tell you that part they just say oh look at all this steak i'm eating and i'm losing weight and then like some of these people they're so fucking stupid they'll they'll eat like two pounds of brisket they'll put a whole stick of butter in their coffee and they'll have you know a whole pack of bacon for lunch and they'll have like two two blueberries or something like that and they'll go on a facebook group oh my god i gained three pounds overnight it must have been the two blueberries i'm like no you fucking idiot you ate six thousand calories calories. yeah (laughs) Yeah, you fucking moron fuck stuff drives me nuts i think uh the peterson chick she got me until she once she started to talk about bone broth and i hate like i I cook i like cooking Mm -hmm. but when somebody mentions bone broth that's when they lose me because like i don't know if you know much about the culinary thing but Mm -mm. bones make stock broth is from the meat so when you say bone broth, it's like contradictory. It means somebody has no idea what they're talking about. Mm, okay. But that, and that's the part I, I enjoy about the red pill because it's like you literally are looking at your life as like a project to fix. You take your ego out of the equation. What do I need to fix? And for most guys, you're right, especially in America and Canada increasingly, is you're just too fat. Yeah. <laughs> and you can be unattractive, but hot, and do better than being unattractive and or than being charming and fat. So like losing that's a good part of it. Um, learning just to cook better so that you enjoy food. So it's not so much just you eating sloppy, you make better decisions. Like all of that kind of factors into it. And that's usually an easy sell. Everybody loves the work on yourself, be better thing. And then they always get a little bit edgy, like a little bit concerned when you start getting into things that may not be best for women. Mm-hmm. Like I was just writing this, it came out of my sub stack this morning, uh, operation scorched earth. So there's something called dread, which is when a guy is in uh, a, a functionally dead marriage, you know, frigid wife, that sort of thing. The idea of dread was a way, was like a strategy to get out of that. And it's got multiple definitions. The best ones are um, learning to not be taken for granted. That's like a fairly, you know, neutral one. And then the way I put it is it's like a branch swing, but with an olive branch, which if, I don't know if you know what a branch swing is. It's kind of like moving on to another partner, maybe like yeah, that was like flirting the, with another partner. That was the idea is that uh, they said girls are like monkeys where they swing, but they don't let go of the branch they got till they got a new one. The idea right. of men being the branches. Yeah. But that one's, it's a bit meta. So the, the taken for granted one's better. But yeah, some, there's a strategy on it called Operation Scorched Earth. Because the idea is when you're in a dead bedroom, you have to, you have to assume your marriage is dead. Because otherwise guys are like, if I work on all this stuff, I'll win her back and she'll love me. And it's like this validation seeking covert contract. And it never works because it, that mental model influences all your little behaviors and girls may not know what's going on, but they're very good from experience alone at knowing when a guy is seeking their validation and they automatically mm. like have very negative responses to it. The, the quote I use is women hate sales and women love marketing. So it's almost like you're a used car salesman when you're doing this stuff. And so the, the attitude you have to have is like our marriage is over. I'm keeping her around as a sparring partner. And I'm keeping her around because I'm not ready to leave yet. So you got to prepare things. You essentially treat the whole thing as this debt. So, you know, I keep the house as clean as I think it needs to be on the schedule that I need to do. All the things like, that's woman's work. Well, yeah, but she's dead to you. So you get it done because you want it done. And then the idea is one of two things will happen. One, the girl wants to be in your life, notices you're basically self-reliant, and then starts to think like, well, how can I make myself valuable in his life? And then you can Mm -hmm. go that route. Or the other route is she just doesn't care and doesn't want any of this stuff. And then you have to reach that point where you're, you know, you got the kids in bed, you got the lunches made for next week, your work's all done, the house is spotless, and you look over and you see a frump with jogging pants on the sofa, eating bonbons, watching Oprah or whatever else is on now and realizing like she's functionally useless to this family. Like, why is she here? But 
you can never get to that point where you realize like, am I the problem or is she the problem until you've essentially taken your ego and done all this work. So what was the original point of this? I don't even remember. <laughs> oh yeah. That's the stuff that people don't like. They're like, wait a minute. You're supposed to hate your wife at the start. I'm like, well, a little bit, but there's a, there's a method to it. And people hate right. that. Cause they're like, no, no, no. You have to, you have to love women no matter what. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, you don't. You can treat them like people. That's like the most misogynist red pill thing ever. The, mm -hmm revolutionary idea that women are people <laughs> yeah i think like a lot of people lost this and we're gonna see this coming up very very soon that you know the, the oh yeah the common platitude of oh men just need to man up and like i like justin waller but i was listening to him and you keep us that screenshot of his face on whatever <laughs> oh i love it i do too that <laughs> so moment where he's funny. done with this he's so over this shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you have like that Lila Rose chick right beside him. But like they almost agreed on the point where they're like, oh, men need to man up. And I, I feel like Justin Waller probably means that in a different way, as in like men need to work on themselves and focus inwards a lot more to increase their own value. So that way they're more attractive and more functional and fuckable in the world. Whereas probably. Lila Rose basically wants men to die on the cross. So that way they can get dragged behind a, you know, a truck by their wives or something like that. Yeah, dude, it's scary. I, I, <laughs> I podcast with um one of those destiny debate chicks. Her name is Natsu Erudite. I think Kyla is a real name, but uh, okay, yeah. And she loved to talk about philosophy, but she screwed up a lot of it. She was talking about this thing, the trolley problem. Have you ever heard of this? Um, like the, if you could. Yeah, you hit a trolley. button. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's supposed to be uh, an argument between, uh, what's it, consequentialism and, and uh, utilitarianism. I always get the first one wrong. Mm -hmm. Anyways, yeah. Are you willing to take an action for the greater good? Or do you prefer, like, I don't do bad things, so you don't hit the button? And then she just, and her answer was like, no, I want a man to sacrifice himself for me or he's got no use and I need to throw him on the tracks anyway. And I was like, that's fucking horrific, man. <laughs> you basically said you want a plow horse. And I was, <laughs> I was at that point where I, I guess the guys used to make fun of me so much on my streams and that they're like, I saw the moment you checked out of that conversation. It was right there. <laughs> like, remember the Simpsons where you see the moment where you broke Ralph, Ralph Wiggum's heart and you were like frame by frame. <laughs> but yeah, like a lot of these, and it's like a weird thing now. And I get, uh, I think right wing started at Longhouse. Mm. The idea of this feminine uh, primary social order where they're basically in charge and they get to scold everybody like you're your like they're your kindergarten teacher. Right. I just find it so distasteful, and that was the one thing that bothered me because Justin, I don't know him well, but we know each other well yeah. enough, I guess. Attractive guy, you know, worked hard. He's got everything. He's very naturally gifted, mm -hmm. and that's the only thing I think ill prepares him for this because everybody's nice to Justin. He's tall, he's attractive, he's rich. Why wouldn't you be? And why would he not be nice back? Like, there's nothing about that. And I don't think he's used to seeing assholes. Because you have to be <laughs> in a place of assholes to see assholes. Mm -hmm. You have to be the short, unattractive guy when women act like that. And I think that's like, this is like his first time of seeing this. Mm -hmm. Now that girls just want branding. And that's why I love that screenshot of his face. I'm like, that's the moment when he realizes, oh my god. I've been in a bubble. <laughs> mm. And I, and then everybody's like, what, you hating on Justin? I'm like, no, there's nothing wrong with Justin. And that's kind of the problem. Right. <laughs> it's like natural. Like if you're naturally attractive, you never had to learn. It just kind of came to you. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's something to be said about guys who have to learn it the hard way because they know all of the negative parts too. And that's why I just generally find more value from guys who, like you said, I lost 70 pounds, got married, got better, started my band. I love those stories a lot more than I'm a tall guy, super attractive, worked hard and made money. Cause I'm like, mm -hmm. I should hope so. 
<laughs> um, but I, I, it's hard to word this without making it sound like I'm throwing shade at him, but I'm not. I'm mm-hmm. not at all. Well, yeah, I but I, I think the place is better for him. In fact, I would be surprised if he doesn't leave in like a year. Like, you people are crazy. I'm out of here. Going yeah. back to the steel mill or whatever, whatever his business is. I can't remember what it was. Yeah, he was saying on that podcast, he's like, I think I'm done doing these kind of shows. And like, <laughs> it's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Good man. Hey, I'm pretty sure it's pretty early on too. So if you don't want to make it through the entire four hours, I'm pretty sure it's within like the first half hour. I'm pretty sure he said that. Oh, that's awesome. Fuck. Now I got to, I, I, I've never watched a fresh and fit or a whatever. I've only ever seen like the videos with the sound off. Total brain rot. Oh, total brain rot. But I might have to actually like sit down and watch my first one just to get him saying that. I'm, I'm, I, I'm yeah. If, I want to say it had to be like the first 15 to half hour that he's like, yeah, I'm kind of done people talk or done with people talking about my relationship stuff. He's like, I, I may just go back to do business shows. Um, yeah. The, but I'm seeing this like with a lot of people in my sphere, like the ortho bros and like, I'm not religious. Yeah. I'm agnostic. I, that's I can... a catchy name. Ortho bros. I like that. <laughs> you haven't heard that before. You see no. all, all the Orthodox Christians coming out now. And like, look, I like these people. And a friend of mine literally sent me two fucking Orthodox books that I just have not read yet. Oh, um, hey. Yeah. I would like to read them and just, you know, considering shit, but I know. Um, like they're all coming out and a buddy of mine shared this article about how like 70,000 people, I think it was signed up for like this AI girlfriend and uh, Holy oh, dude, it was bad. Yeah. But oh. like it, it always goes, their default response is, well, men should just man up and get over it. I'm like this fucking bitch on whatever is making like $70,000 a month, but we're, we're mad that guys are going over to an AI girlfriend. Look, I'm not saying that's right, but like, Oh, she has an OnlyFans while she's scolding people on the thing? No, not Lila Rose, but one of those girls at that table. I I think it was the one who said she was like a Christian for a bunch of years, and then she got a divorce, and then, you know, she literally said, oh, I'm going into my O phase. Oh, sweet Jesus. Yeah, but, like, how is there no, like, you guys don't see the issue here? Like, women have this huge incentive to go out and fucking sell their asshole for five bucks by the dozen versus men where, like, you know... Someone like me, you know, thank God I got lucky and I, you know, worked my ass off to get to where I am. But like most other guys, they're not going to do that. They don't have the discipline to get up like I do and go work out and, you know, make enough money to get a woman to even look their way. So, yeah, of course, they're going to go fucking beat off and play five knuckle shuffle to the AI girlfriend. And that's the worst part because they could. I mean, right. the the success thing, not the the five knuckle girlfriend thing. <laughs> I The more I'm in this space and seeing how ridiculous successful people are the more i realize the barrier to entry is probably the lowest it's ever been like you don't need a bugatti you can move to buttfuck nowhere and have 50 grand a year and be doing very well you're right. in shape and attractive heck there's what's it uh last i checked it's like 40 percent of women are the primary breadwinner in households 40 percent, and that was like 10 years ago so the number's probably higher now so clearly financial provision isn't what you need to be successful in a relationship Right. Praxeology, the dominant male, came out in 20, 2012 uh, from Ian Ironwood. Great writer, awesome set of books, probably one of the original red pill guys, almost as old as Rolo, but uh, he mentioned that too. So, like, as a red pill guy, you got to look at this, take your ego out. What's What works is in relationships. And they're like, well, over the years, the most sustainable model has been male dominant ones, you know, man in charge kind of thing, and the girl defers to him willingly. It's all consensual, right? So that's that. So we're like, we'll go with that one. It works. Save your poly stuff. Save your your boss bitch things. 
let us know if it works out and we'll we'll think about it. Huxmurf and fentanyl. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but and he goes, Oh, so how do you do that now when guys aren't the provider that brings home the bacon anymore? Well, it's mm-hmm. like just remove financial uh economic input as your means of dominance. And this is where, like you said, losing 70 pounds, being charming, you're running, you're in a band. Like there's a lot of pre-selection on that. There's a lot of status. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even have to be like you don't have to be Steel Panther to get Steel <laughs> Panther clout. You've been proof of that. Yeah. I'm just some asshole sitting in here running his mouth in like his den while the dogs <laughs> are bugging him underneath. And yet somehow it gives me a little bit of clout. Like it's not hard to get a little bit of clout. It's not hard to get a little bit of a physique. You don't have to be perfect at everything. But right. if you get everything past that, the average person doesn't even do this threshold. You get mm-hmm. a couple things there and you'll be fine. You may not get a thousand girls that want to sleep with you, but you'll get you'll get more. Mm-hmm. You'll go from like zero to ten or from ten to a hundred options, or you know what I mean? Yeah. And so for a lot of guys, I think they look at these edge case scenarios of, you know, I've slept with five hundred women, or I'm the richest kickboxer in Romania, or any of this stuff. And they're like, Well, what's the point of trying if he could do that? Mm-hmm. I'll never make it there. And it's like you don't have to. Do you think girls in Boise, Idaho? Are like, how do I get over to Romania? No, they're like, who's the hottest dude in Boise, Idaho? Mm. And it turns out he's got a 40-inch waistline and he works at the auto parts store. It's like, <laughs> you'll be fine. Just be the guy who who's, works at the auto parts store and has like a, a garage band that plays in the bar on the weekends. The guy who bartends on the weekends when he's not in the military. So many of our guys we used to sail with would like bartend on the weekends. The bars loved us because mm. we showed up on time. We never started fights, and it was, like, super professional. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, we'll hire all of you guys. And it was <laughs> awesome. And that's all it takes. But nobody wants to try, and everybody's willing to weaponize them. In fact, I think that's why most of these clown shows talking about AI, prawn, and, like, all the nonsense, I think mm-hmm. they've discovered that this 30% of men that aren't getting laid are terminally online, have disposable income, and are really prone to being sold on the 1960s marketing Mm-hmm. Like in the 1960s where women, men won't love you if you're old and ugly. So get this lotion or you'll be, you know, you'll have some cats and a Adderall addiction. And they're using that same way they sold lotion to 50s chicks, mm-hmm. selling it to men in 2023. And it's almost embarrassing if it wasn't so sad. But like you said, yeah, fuck them. Five finger <laughs> grip girlfriends. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I kind of see this when I like, go around an airport. And it's so fucked up because, like, I see decent-looking dudes. There's, like, these single moms who are, like, obese and just look like Olga the Destroyer or something like that. I'm like, dude, (laughs) if you just, like, worked out twice a week, like, you wouldn't have to put up with some other – you wouldn't have to polish some other dude's fuck trophies. Like, you could have your own if you just put in – that much fucking effort but i think a lot of people just don't want to you know look at themselves and say well i fucked up so hey i'll just go for the single mom up the road and uh you know that she's the girl next door i can you know i can bang her she'll text me back and you know meanwhile she's probably fucking some other dude but like you know hey at least i'm still getting some scary isn't it yeah scares the hell out of me it's like yeah like giving up how easy was it just to give up i thought it'd be hard i'm terrified of being that guy that's the only reason i like i don't do more ass clown instagram (laughs) shit like i never want to wake up in the morning and be like oh it's that guy and then look at me on some nbc report of look at this moron (laughs) doing the ace ventura talk through my ass or yeah he got arrested but now he's found islam like cheers to that let's have a whiskey drink to allah like what in the ever living you can just say whatever now 
you know what? Oh, God. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. I'm just going to rant at this point. <laughs> <laughs> there was a, another tweet of mine that uh, I, I want to share with you because I think you'll get a kick out of this. This is probably the most heat I ever got in on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Let me see. Uh, okay. Nice. A- okay. So, yeah, I said Ace Arcus posts in his L's. Uh, one of the most heroic things a burst could do, and if the trads don't like it, they can go to hell. Didn't you raise another man's kid? You aren't the best example of traditionalism. So I said, it's an L, and someone said, I don't see the L. So I said, cuckold reads an L. Yeah. Well, that's he, a very red-pilled statement. Yeah, of course he got mad. People lost their fucking minds. Like, there was a dude who I've had on this podcast twice before, and, like, we were, after I got married, like, we went out and drank and everything, and, like... Wow he lied about how he met somebody and I'm, I'm sure he doesn't listen, but like he lied about how I hooked him up with somebody and credited somebody else for it after that. And like unfollowed me because I've said like this demon stuff is stupid. Like people got fucking mad about that. I got ratioed like a motherfucker, but I'm like, I'm not yeah, going to yeah. fucking apologize. You're well, polishing another man's fuck trophies. Yeah. And that's the thing. So like we have this talk a lot where everybody, you know, everybody says don't get married. Marriage is a bad deal for men. Yeah, it's true. I don't like the don't get married part because red pill's never been about telling guys what to do at that point. You're just another, yeah, it's prescriptions. No, it's just marriage is a bad deal for men. doesn't mm-hmm. mean don't get married, but it means you can't walk into it thinking it's not a bad deal. And I think it's the same thing with stepkids. If you want to raise stepkids, that's fine. Right. But then when you sit there and pat yourself on the back for being the greatest guy ever, you're turning your necessity into a virtue. And right. I don't like that part of it. And a lot of guys do that. Anything they do, they assume it makes me a good person, which is probably why you got all that hate. Because there's a lot of guys who are like, this is the best chance I got at anything, is that I have to raise these F trophies for clout. And that's that's the, they're holding on to. This is my identity. It's the only thing that makes me a good person. I have no other redeeming qualities. And when you attack that, it attacks their fantasy. And like from my psychological research stuff that we're doing with the red pill, you find out that's how male narcissism works. You get that fantasy in your head, an identity you build. It's not earned. It's just built. You just invent it. And girls are happily go along with it because they get a husband. And then when you attack it, you cause an injury to the identity. And then they respond with rage. It's not even anger. It's like the equivalent of a toddler having a temper tantrum. And that's when you realize how the same people that are arguing about identity politics being bad have their own identity politics. They just have a different flavor. Right. That's why I joke it's like Coke and Pepsi. Mm-hmm. Bud Light or Miller Light? <laughs> Which bathrooms do you want to use? Or remember <laughs> the one where everybody was like, they they thought uh, Blair White was awesome and hot and they would totally do her, but they didn't like uh, Dylan Mulvaney? Right. <laughs> and I was like, dude, is this where we went? Where are now? Like, yeah. our trans dudes are better than their trans dudes. Like, what? <laughs> really? Yeah. Like, do people think? I don't know. Whatever. No, fuck no, man. They don't. Um, But yeah, it kind of to one of your points earlier, it, it's kind of funny that... um. What I did when I made that tweet, there's so <laughs> many people like people were threatening me like, oh, well, what if your stepdad punched you in the face or something like that? I'm like, oh, why can't you yeah, like people are getting violent over this shit. But I think it's because they literally made their identity, like you said, yeah. made their necessity a virtue where like, oh, I'm a stepdad because I'm a good person. Like, no, why can't you accept that maybe your sexual market value isn't that good? Maybe this was the best option that you could get. So you're going to do everything you can to convince yourself that that's the case. And I think women even kind of do this too, because like, you'll see attractive women. (laughs) (laughs) There's, there's attractive women who I think like implicitly understand that they no longer can get with like the hottest dude in the world if they have kids. So 
they go with a dude who's not, you know, a 10 out of 10, you know, not Giga Chad from Arabia, you know, the three sixes or whatever. They, they kind of understand that. But when you call that shit out, people fucking hate it. They feel bruised. So they fucking go for the jugular. Well, yeah, nobody wants to feel bad. Nobody wants to feel bad at all. And it's, and in fairness, like generally speaking, pre-internet, everybody would just quietly judge and move on with their lives. So the fact that it's out <laughs> in the open does make it a little harder to deal with. So I get that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if you're going to, I have that rule of the internet, never put anything on the internet if you don't want somebody to jerk off to it or threaten it. And I think it's a good one. This is why, <laughs> like, I hate my big crusade is like the fuck trophies for clout. I hate mm-hmm. when people use their kids as social marketing props. Mm-hmm. Like, imagine when that kid grows up, it's like, hey, dad, can we go to the park? One sex son. He's like, oh, by the way, dad, what's these 15 photos of me used to argue why Bud Light needs to die? Like, fuck you, dad. <laughs> like, I would really, I, 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 I would love to see how they Macaulay Culkin these kids after a full social media career. And they get to be, you know, 15, 16. Like, remember that meme that was floating around where the guy was bullying a kid and then they captioned it with, you tell your mom she better show more ass pics on OnlyFans. It's like that kind of thing. <laughs> And I just find it ridiculous that these parents, they're talking about how they're such good parents, but at the same time, they're just acting like horrible parents that dehumanize their own kids, right? Mm-hmm. But again, it's the same thing with the stepfather thing. Yeah, yeah I'm you... just a great person. Look at this. Look what I'm taking care of. It's like, don't it... use them because you want to feel noble, sir. Don't even... <laughs> it's it's like the people in 2020 and 2021 who were getting certain treatment and then posting the picture of their card all over the internet it's like look, oh yeah like i i really don't care i didn't get it i had you know i had covid twice the first time it like wasn't even Congrats. a thing yeah <laughs> i i didn't even like isolate or anything and nobody got sick the second time i it fucking took me down and i'm i'm a healthy motherfucker right i mean i'm yeah. deadlifting 500 pounds for three reps like it's nothing but like it, it fucked me up pretty fucking good for like a for probably like three or four days but like you know just these motherfuckers posting you know the vax card online or like you said sharing the kids all over the place or it's like taking a picture of yourself giving a homeless dude a dollar like clearly that <laughs> dollar doesn't mean that much to you and clearly it didn't take any effort like you wouldn't be sharing this on the fucking internet if like you, this was out of the sincerity of your heart it's literally exactly. fuck trophies for clout and that's what kills when christians do it it bothers me the most because mm-hmm. like my grandfather was a baptist minister and i already know about like the disdain christians have for praying openly like yeah. performative prayer and so when I see this from like Christian men, especially the ones that preach about it, it drives me nuts too. Cause mm-hmm. I'm like, you guys are horrible. I understand there's Christian guys that feel about that the same way. Like I feel about fresh and fit. It's like, you guys <laughs> are ruining the brand. Yeah. The whole thing. And yeah, the, the COVID one or the, the, sorry, the whatever thing. No, that's all right. When did it become okay to start telling people your private me- medical history? Yeah. Like that was always my thing. If anybody ever asked me this, I would always ask back like, and it, it, luckily, it only ever happened once. Like, well, how many abortions have you had? Like, that's how distasteful I find it. What's up, everybody? Um, we're going to take a quick break and tell you about the show's sponsors. Um, we are brought to you by Element T Electrolytes. I've been using this stuff for years. And what I've honestly found is that if I didn't have electrolytes before some kind of cardio, and sometimes even before workouts, that my workout performance or definitely cardio performance would suffer greatly. Um, Sodium is responsible for every single movement pretty much in your entire body. And let's say you drink a lot of caffeine, like I like to do, then um, maybe it is a good idea, like I do every single morning, um, put some LMNT chocolate electrolytes. Um, 
there in your coffee to get a little bit more sodium, potassium, and uh, magnesium in your coffee so that way whatever diuretic effect you get from the caffeine is pretty much diluted by the fact that you put chocolate salt in it. Um, also it tastes really really good. Get some uh, chocolate cream or hazelnut cream or even coconut and uh, mix that all up. It tastes really really good. So uh, yeah, make sure you drop by, go to drinklmnt.com slash health and uh, pick you up some electrolytes today. Alright guys, thanks. As far as catching it though, like I caught it once. But I will say this. I also caught, remember bird flu when that was big in like the 2000s, like 2010, maybe? I can't remember. It's been a while. I yeah. caught that. COVID ain't got shit on bird flu, man. <laughs> bird flu, I, I felt like I was going to die. I couldn't swallow. Oh. I, I had to breathe shallow. I couldn't fall asleep because it hurt too much. It's like, oh, dude, I would man. rather catch COVID five, six times rather than bird flu. Fuck that. Yeah, I had a, a stomach bug January of 2021. And dude, I was shitting myself in my fucking sleep. And then I'd go to the fucking toilet and just more and then go back to sleep in like two or three times a night. It was the worst. It was the most sick I've ever been in my entire life. And yeah. I remember going to work like the next day and I was working on some, I was working on a truck or something. I think I was putting like a, a tonneau cover on. And I remember just like stopping and holding my stomach in like severe pain. I'm like this is fucking awful. And then two months later I caught, you know, I, I caught the vid and then <laughs> I was like, Oh, this is like nothing. Like I can go through this five or six <laughs> times. Uh, but but here's then, the most important question, though. That tonneau cover, were you putting on a girl's truck or a guy's truck? I hope a girl's truck. <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming it's a guy. Oh, what's wrong with these guys? I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I'm from, like, I was a rancher as a kid. So when okay. I see trucks that have, like, painted tonneau covers on the top, it's like, or when you see, like, guys who have dualies on the back of their truck, but it's, like, spectacularly clean. Yeah. Like, why do you have the truck, man? Why don't you just oh tell people God. you don't you were worried about your penis size? I like <laughs> I'm from the generation that you need to see like the Ford F one fifty or the Chevys with like the paint peeling. Yeah. And the tires are like seven six seven bush tires and you got that constant you know the mud spread that happens when you fall into the mud pit and you kick it out that little Oh fan? yeah, the big old rooster tails, yeah. Yeah. I like that stuff or where you like you get the rhino cover and then the diamond box plate in the back mm. or the roll cage on the top because I was from a logging town. People yeah. actually for work needed those in case a tree fell on their cab. Oh, no. <laughs> I loved all that stuff. And then when I see guys make it up, it's like, oh, I guess this is Barbie for dudes now. <laughs> yeah, that was a actually... big rant about tonneau covers. I never thought I was that passionate about those things. <laughs> no, no. You know what? You know what's funny? I'm actually similarly passionate because I'm like, what the fuck is the purpose of a truck if you're just going to put a tonneau cover and like throw your oranges and Bud Light in the back? Like you have now officially, <laughs> literally all you're doing is pretty much driving like an expensive ass car. And then these are the same dumb motherfuckers that'll bitch about, you know, gas is $5 a gallon. Yeah, you dumb motherfucker. You chose yeah. to drive something that gets 12 miles a gallon. Welcome you to the fucking them, club. They got the pic They got the picture of Calvin pissing on the Ford logo. So it's like well i guess you're man enough <laughs> yeah i guess that's good enough and then you know you, you have a you have like a cloth bed liner with this real nice tonneau cover like dude you don't need a truck you're yeah. just trying to drive it because like you said the fucking dick size because you could flex and say you're a real man because you drive a truck like that shit drives me nuts and i could my... load tires if i wanted to i don't but i could <laughs> <laughs> i could you know yeah. if the tires still have the stickers on them we can put them in there but if they've been worn anyway they're not going into my fucking bed no way awesome <laughs> yeah i mean so like i come from a line of husky pollocks that own automotive shops so like 
I don't know, like car guys, I can't stand car guys, but like mechanics and people who like work for a living. I like those kind of people. Like not, yeah. not these dudes who drive around a Subaru and like finger blast and 13 year old girls in a monster hoodie and a vape pen or something like that. Oh, I can't stand those guys. <laughs> I miss. Yeah. They back when it was used to be like under lights. Remember when under lights, I don't know if they're legal in the States and Canada, they were no. legal for like a 10 year period and everybody had them. And then one day it was gone. Or you always had to roll your windows down because they illegally tinted the front of their things. Yeah, I know the whole crowd. <laughs> I used to roommate with a bunch of those guys. And I remember that every weekend when I was in college, I would go to the bar and hang out with the guys who were on the volleyball team. Got crushed. Like, I was way less attractive, way less tall. So they took yeah. all the women. But I'm like, at least I'm there. Because those guys were just, they would always just spend all their money on new parts for their car. Hey, I just got a new carbon fiber hood or whatever. Never went out, never had any girls. All they just sit there and they jerked off about their exhausts. <laughs> I was like, well, at least I'm playing the right game. I have a better <laughs> opponent. I can live with that. <laughs> yeah, I always said uh, four cylinders are a lot like children. They should be seen, not heard, just because there's no such thing as a good sounding four cylinder engine. I, I can't stand any of them. Oh, the fart cans. Yeah. Oh god, that shit's so fucking annoying. <laughs> well, yeah, dude, the fuck out of here. Put a fucking muffler on that thing or something that's quiet, just because it sounds ridiculous. And like I. I we used to do the impressions back in uh, college. I went to a Votech college and just like, whoa, Woody, wow, bro. Check out my bitch in Subaru, bro. Like, <laughs> I, I, I seriously just can't stand these people. And going to an automotive school, it's just like filled with the, the most insufferable pricks that drive Mitsubishis and Subarus and think that they they have like the greatest car in the world. It's like, no, you bought something with like bald tires and then put a fart can on it. Now you think that you should be fucking like Pamela Anderson or something. Dude, if you were five or six years older, you'd probably been around for for or for civic nation that was the worst that was like gap khakis for car enthusiasts it was horrible everybody had a civic all the yeah. civics like all the aftermarket parts you always had to get the tommy mm -hmm. kyra sticker on it all that nonsense i miss i i, I miss it mm -hmm. but i don't miss it yeah, the, the but daily, you are right it was very cringe yeah the, the daily driven stickers on the windshield or like the shocker sticker on the back Oh, geez. I haven't seen the shocker in forever. <laughs> oh, no, you never. Oh, okay. Yeah. Everybody used to have those. I, you'd walk through uh, my Votech school's parking lot. Yeah. There'd be shocker stickers or yeah. daily Doing driven. The pink, one in the stink. Yeah. <laughs> Kid Rock. <laughs> Fuck. Jesus Christ. You're taking me back to my redneck uh, upbringings here. I'm starting to have PTSD flashbacks. Oh, We're gonna God. have to end I... this before I start having seizures. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well then, you know, we'll, we'll pivot over to a, a drunk story because you know, oh, not that you mentioned that. Um, the first time I ever got drunk, I'll try to keep this brief, but uh, it was out in a field in the, in, um, the middle of nowhere, probably like twenty miles away from me. And yeah, the the one thing I remember is like when I knew I was drunk, I remember looking over and there was a big old bonfire with all these trucks and kegs. And I turn around, I see the glisten of a cop's badge. And like, this is like an eighth mile into this field. And I yeah. turn around, all the trucks are gone. And I see my friends like running. And my friend described it as like running like gazelles into the, um, over towards the woods. Yeah, and yeah. like, long story short, the cops kind of like let us off. I remember there were a whole bunch of kids that were like 19, myself included, sticking our head out the window, driving to the next field. And like next morning we woke up and my buddy, his some some of his hair was burnt off because he literally slept on a charred log in the <laughs> fucking dirt. <laughs> so that was funny. the first time I ever got drunk. Um, it, up in uh, Canada, did you guys do shit like that? Like I know oh, nothing dude. about Canada. The fire was so old, there was like a pit of molten glass in it. There was <laughs> cases of like three generations: a grandfather, a dad, and the kid all drinking at the same party. That's how long this has been going on. The trick to it 
and this is where a lot of guys would do like bucking and that on the weekends mm -hmm. is you get these big trucks with like seven, six, sevens because you'd have all the logging roads that go up the mountain, get into the thing. And you know, those, uh, the dragon, I don't know if you've been on a logging road or on a mountain or not, but they have these giant drainage dishes they have to do during runoff mm -hmm. season. Cops couldn't get past them. Like the dips, dips were just too deep. The car would mm -hmm. center or would, uh, would high center or whatever. And so they basically would set a roadblock up there. And so your solution as like the teenager wants to go drink it is you take your quad and you start taking the back roads and the logging trails to get up there. Mm. Yeah. So we had the same farm thing. We even used to hire DJs to go up there and play. Holy it was like fuck. the weirdest thing, like a, a redneck mountain rave. Mm. Yeah. I, the worst it ever got for me and I shouldn't be admitting this, but whatever. <laughs> I remember I was sick, but I was, it's a logging road. Nobody's there. I didn't really care. I was driving home and I had to slow down to throw up out the side. <laughs> my brother freaked out on me kick me out of the driver's seat. He's like, I'm driving. You get over there. And he wouldn't let me drive it again. And my mom saw us. I was like 16 and she saw, again, the fan <laughs> tail, but it was just puke. And I was like, oh, I, I don't think I drank for like a year after that. It was horrible. But don't do that, anybody. It's dangerous. You shouldn't do it. Mm -hmm. The guys who did do it, luckily enough, again, those big drainage ditches, they would kind of like just, their car would just flop into it and then just come to a stop and they couldn't get out. So they have to get towed anyway. So it was a nice way to sober up. Mm. it's like oh. those bumper rails when you're bowling and you don't know how to bowl <laughs> yeah oh. i i don't miss any of that life but i i like i like talking about it mm -hmm. i didn't like being in it <laughs> yeah i mean i i've stories i won't tell on on uh on air about uh you know kind of the hookup days and going out to those field parties but man yeah. I, same deal like i remember projectile vomiting and shit after drinking like lord knows what but like man it yeah. was a lot of fun but like i, I wouldn't do it again now like Let's i don't see. know Good. yeah exactly but like and you did it and you had fun and you met girls and you talked to them and there was like 80 percent of it you probably already knew maybe you learned a few things later on from other people i just didn't realize there was such a large group of guys who did just like completely alien to that normal formative experience to the point that they didn't know what a girl was like until they were like 16 and then ai chicks are a thing i don't know it's weird and i kind of miss pre-internet when i could just pretend they didn't exist right uh, well you know one more thing if you uh if you got yeah, yeah. time for it um we got time for one yeah the, i've been saying this and like it almost feels kind of fucked up for me to say because i you know have a following of some orthodox people but like i, uh -oh. I yeah <laughs> i tell people like it's not a bad idea for guys to date non-exclusively before they decide to like move on to a long-term relationship because like it's getting your get your shit wet, right? Get your feet wet yeah. and understanding what it's like to be a person around other people, getting good with women, figuring out what kind of women you like and just getting the yeah, experience. Like, stuff. I think that shit's good. But like when you have these trad cons that come in and say, oh, you should Ben Shapiro, right? You know, where you flag a girl down and tackle her and make her marry you after three months. <laughs> like that shit. It's like the, the way dogs mate. <laughs> <laughs> the fastest dog gets the first. <laughs> well, like that shit that that's cancer for men today because like you will get no experience and then you're going to end up divorced in a couple of years either you're going to be in a sexist marriage you're going to fucking hate your life because you have no idea how to handle women i know I mean, remember the prodigal son like <laughs> which son was it that got all the love at the end was it the guy who stayed home and did everything right or was it the guy that went out made the mistakes and then chose to come back right i i know it's probably not like somebody's going to argue that that's not the purpose of that parable but i'm arguing like they're telling you you can't just like sign up to god from the beginning you right. got to go see what else is out there and then choose to stay there with god right. and I, I i just find it very strange how guys refuse to accept the teachings of their own book you know
Mm. And granted, I I basically I'm atheist now, but I, my grandfather was Baptist. He was a minister, so like I'm not unfamiliar with it. Mm. It's just weird how bad people are at being Christian, and I can only assume Orthodox is probably similar. Mm. But I think I, it's like you said, it's like they they need a script that's right and correct, mm. and it defers to women. And it's very helpful and it makes your necessity a virtue. And so everybody's kind of latched onto it, but yeah, it's no grounding in reality. It's kind of scary to be honest. Mm -hmm. So yeah, if you had to kind of give, I don't want to tell you, <laughs> put you on the spot and tell you to give people prescriptions, but like, oh, yeah. you know, you would, I'm guessing you'd probably agree with like, Hey, it's good to get your feet wet. And you know, if yeah, you're learn things dude, the hard way. Yeah. Right. Well, you know what? And this is one thing, like people knock PUA a lot, but, I think there was something good about going out and just cold approaching all the time because like my wife and I had, we didn't like meet on dating apps, but like I met her in person and that right. was when things really clicked. But like I asked for her number on social media, on dating apps, but then, you know, it wasn't like I was hung up. It was just like, okay, well that's a online plate, if you will, that fell off, you know, go chase yeah, other yeah. perspectives. And I finally met her in person. And then, you know, things kind of went off to the races there. Um, nice. I, I think some guys get that sniper mentality or the one itis and think like, Oh my God, my life's over. It's like, no, just fucking get up, reload, go talk to other women, spin some plates and figure out what you need to do and figure out if you're the problem, which a lot of times probably is, you know, yeah, you that is not the helping. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I agree. I called it, I call it training wheels for the soul. Cause a lot of guys, mm. like they don't know, like, Oh, just go talk to her, bro. That's the advice. Right. Well, what do I say? How long do I say it? What's creepy? What I liked about like pickup. And I did this cause I was in the military. I had to sail so much that I had no time at home. So I had to, I, I either have to get fast at this or I have to get, five finger discounts you know what i mean <laughs> but it was great because it's like when you want to go up and talk to a girl here's an opener opener just like it's a canned script and you're eventually supposed to learn why it's good and then replace it with stuff from your own life right so it's like training wheels and then okay so once you've approached once you got some good rapport getting on there how do you escalate to be more intimate and then it would give you structure for everything and then you would do it and you get good at the structure and when you failed somewhere you could fail somewhere specific so you knew what you had to work on okay when I break the touch barrier, it's too soon because girls kind of get all weird about it. So I got to start being more charming before that. Or you bring a girl back to your place and then she immediately flakes out. So maybe you're coming on too strong. Like there's all kinds of what you're doing that may be wrong. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of times I found this anyway, but a lot of guys find that once they get it all and they do the whole thing well, they're like, I don't need to do this or this or this. And they literally, okay, I'll just talk to her, bro. But they had to get through all of that work to get there. Right. And that's why I love it. It's training wheels. Yeah. Well, they had to figure out which tool was the right tool for the job because, yeah, you know, it's a sniper mentality too. You're right. You're hundred percent right on that. Absolutely. The worst to hyper fixate on one person. It's just clingy. It's yeah. needy freaks people out. Yeah. going to make them into a skin suit vibe. You know, none of that stuff is any good. <laughs> the, the one piece of advice I always give guys too is like, when you start talking to women, do not do the, like showing all your cards right away and just non-stop complimenting her like you almost have to think yeah. of it as a little bit of a dance where like you kind of have to throw a little bit of bait out there and then see if she kind of walks back your way and then yeah. kind of do that a little bit because like if you're just constantly doing this and throwing her food eventually she's gonna think you're a creeper just not want to talk to you anymore yeah what's the challenge in that she doesn't have to work to find it out she'll watch a serial killer documentary where she doesn't know the answer until the 10th hour in mm -hmm. and you think by blurting out how great your job is and all that stuff at the beginning she's like oh perfect sounds good it's like, no, man, we're not that, uh, that weird tribe out of like South Africa. You know, the one where they sit there and they smile and whoever has the nicest teeth, like we don't do that anymore. <laughs> we're not that at all. But I think guys kind of forget that there's another human being on the other end. 
And yeah, for girls, they like the idea of a mystery, a guy they can't quite figure out or a guy they can't, they can't quite win, but they have to work for it. Meanwhile, the same guy doesn't like to be handed anything and he likes to earn it for himself, but he just can't assume, well, maybe a girl wants that too. Or maybe they're just so desperately in need of validation. They're like, here's everything about me. Tell me how great it is. (laughs) And the girl's like, yeah, I got to go. Yeah, I'm probably I, a lesbian, sir. You're like, yeah, no, no, you're not. Yeah, yeah I am. Yeah, I, I like, I, I left my blender on. We're we're getting drinks or something like that. But yeah, I think I I, I can hear the smoke from here at my house. All right. <laughs> um, all right. Yeah, I really enjoyed this chat. Yes, yeah, I got that right. It's not Ryan or yeah, yeah. Was. It's, it's spelt weird. My mom did it like despite my dad. She's like, yeah, you can call him Ryan. Then I spelt it weird. That's fine. Mm. But no, thank you for having me. Like I said, it's. You've given me two hours of your time and your audience too. So thank you very much. I just hope I've, I've given for the two hours that I've taken from you, you guys get three hours from us. That's all I can ask. Yeah. Well, um, I found your content very, very helpful. So I hope everyone that listens to me goes and checks your stuff out. And I really appreciate your time because uh, I, I think that you have the most like practical analysis out of all like the red pill manosphere guys um Rolo's real nuts and bolts. And then you're more of like, okay, how can I take the nuts and bolts and like, you know, how can my wife fuck me again? Yeah. <laughs> architect architect like versus construction. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, where can everybody find you? Oh, uh, that easy one there. Depends what you want. If you just want to see shit posting and fun, there's Twitter. Underscore Ryan, underscore Stone, Ryan with an I. Um, if you want more sexual dynamics, red pill stuff and relationships, that's the YouTube channel. That's Ryan Stone. I would suggest if you go there, though, just catch the, the sidebar playlist. That's almost as close as you get to an official red pill canon. It's meant to accompany the the books and the stuff that's been put out there that gets all the nuts and bolts out of the way. Mm-hmm. If you've already kind of sorted out your sexual strategy, you're fairly confident in it, but you don't like White Claw stuff. I have a gaming channel, Digital Ryan. That's just where most other guys who are there have already been through the process. They know what they're doing. There's a couple new guys looking for help, but you can relax without having, you know, culture war crap thrown down your throat or mm-hmm. Bud Light or like all of that. None of that. And then beyond that, the two books I have on Amazon. The first one is called Fuck Files. I call it uh, a mix between Jordan Peterson's 15 Rules for Life, Bukowski's Women, and Neil Strauss's The Game. Except for instead of 12 rules, there's 15. It's good. It's kind of written in a military style. And then uh, Praxeology Volume 1 Frame, which is as best as can be done. The synthesis of everything the Red Pill has come up with in 10 minutes over the concept of frame. And then coming out at the end of the year is going to be volume two, which is Dread. And if you want to see how that one's going on, there's a Substack where you can follow me, Ryan Stone at substack.com or whatever they call it. And that's where you get to see me writing the third book in real time. So it's almost like you go to see a, a comedian doing his stuff live. And then six months later, you get to see the Netflix special. Mm-hmm. So it all depends what level of interaction you want, what it is you're looking for. But there's something for all ages. Hell yeah, man. Well, like I said, I really enjoyed this chat and uh kind of went too. all over, yeah, went all over the place, especially a lot of places I didn't expect to go, but man, I'm all <laughs> for it. So uh yeah, man. Um if you don't got anything else, we'll close her out and I'll see you on the other side. I'll see you on the other side. I'm gonna go have dinner with the old lady. Cool. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $129 each, then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $249 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.